What's happening, everyone? Your host, Dean Kulawira here. And uh, earlier today, I had an awesome guest on my weekly Tech Talks with the Tech Recruiter segment. And uh, my guest was Adil Mann, who's a uh, an awesome person. I actually, I used to we used to go to school together. We used to work alongside each other part-time in the computer labs uh, back in school. Uh, and Adil was here to talk about technical pro- program management. Uh, he's had a great, awesome career where he was, he was working at uh, so many well-known brands, uh, BlackBerry, uh, Apple, Google, uh, currently at uh, Nike. And uh, we spoke about technical project pro- program management, uh, his career advice and tips. And uh, we talked about philosophy and the importance that it has in program management, uh, as well as uh, we also discussed uh, his new newsletter, which he releases uh, on, a, on a bi-weekly basis called Building Roams. Uh, really exciting and interesting conversation. Make sure you check it out and hope all of you get a lot of great information out of it. Enjoy. Hey, hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Let me know in the comments. Uh, the audio and the video is all clear before I get this thing started. And a shout out to everyone on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on uh, YouTube. And uh, where else? Per- we got Periscope, uh, some people from Periscope in here as well. Uh, let us know. In the- let me know in the comments. You can see me and hear me. Uh, okay, guys, I'm just going to check uh, and make sure the notification went out. Uh, and we have a great and exciting episode today. And uh, my guest today is Adil Mann. I'm going to give an introduction uh, regarding Adil shortly. But uh, let me know in the comments uh, who you are, uh, what your title is, you know, what 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 your role is, uh, what city you're tuning in from, uh, and we'll get this thing started shortly. I'm uh, just checking a few things at my end, uh, folks. Uh, to make sure that I am live and I'm not just talking to myself right now. Uh, Let's see here. Okay. Yeah, looks like I'm live. I'm live. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah, so I see some likes coming in here. Don't be shy. Let me let us let me know in the comments uh, who you are, where you're tuning in from. Uh, we got Magwesh in the house. Uh, hey, Magwesh, thanks for thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, who else is in here? Feel free to put in the comments. So, folks, I'm gonna get this thing started. Uh, before we do, I just wanna uh, get a few announcements out of the way. So, firstly, uh, for those of you uh, who are job seekers tuning in in the in the tech tech area right here in Toronto. Uh, there, um, the torontojobs.ca is organizing a virtual career fair specifically for IT professionals, and that's going to be taking place in August. And uh, hold on, let me just uh, stop the banner here so you can see that the date and all that details. But I will be speaking. I'll be conducting one of the sessions there, and my session is going to be uh, uh, regarding how to effectively utilize IT recruiters in your job search. So, uh, look, if you're actively on the market for work, make sure you check that out. It's a virtual uh, tech career conference taking place August 25th. Uh, the entire fair is from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to speaking, be speaking for the entire three hours, of course, but uh, I believe my session is going to be at 3 p.m. Uh, right now, they are giving away free tickets. So if you're an IT professional, you're on the job market, make sure you check that out and uh, make sure that you uh, you get yourself your free ticket. I, I believe it's at uh, www.torontojobs.ca. So uh, make sure you check it out. 
And without further ado, and uh, I'm just gonna really quick uh, check the comments here. Uh, any anybody else tuning in? Make sure you let us know in the comments. And uh, without further ado, my guest today is Adil Man, right? And and it's a very exciting topic today. And I'm just gonna give a brief introduction before I bring Adil onto the show. Uh, now Adil and I actually used to we've known each other for some time. Although it's been a, been a very long time since I last spoke to Adil. Uh, but Adil is a technical program manager by profession and a technologist by nature. Uh, he's a photographer because he loves it. Uh, in between all of this, he invests in game-changing tech startups. Uh, he's been he's been in the technology space for close to a decade. Uh, started out his career at, at BlackBerry, learned a bunch of cool stuff, went on to Apple, did a whole bunch of cool stuff there, did a tour of duty at Google, did even more cool stuff there, and now a program director, digital privacy at Nike, doing really cool stuff. Uh, and uh, Adil and I actually used to, we came to know each other uh, from back when we were in school. We used to actually work at uh, the computer lab uh, at our university. We were at York University. And a uh, really cool guy, really awesome guy, and, and very, very excited for all of you to take advantage of, uh, you know, having Adil on the show and uh, to, sh to share his insights about his space and, and, you know, all those various topics. He also recently launched his own new blog. Uh, so I'll be sharing the details of that shortly. So make sure you subscribe to his blog, folks. A really, really well-written, very interesting and, and, and interesting topics, specifically if you have an interest in the tech space, obviously. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to bring Adil on right now. Hey, Adil, how's it going? Hey, Dean. How are you, man? Good, good, good. Thanks. Thanks so much for your time and, and was really excited for our conversation. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it, man. The last time we were together was the William Small Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. William Small Center, York University, right? Oh, and memories. That with that Tim Hortons in William Small Center, man, I'm telling you. I miss the Timmies. I've yeah, been away yeah, from that's it for right. too long. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. But yeah, we had some great times there and uh, we were we, we had a few shifts together, you know, during the week. And I remember something that really stood out is I, I remember that, I don't know if you remember, but we used to always talk about like philosophy and philosophical kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I remember, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've, I've held on to that a lot and it has actually helped me in my career as well. And yeah. uh, it's, it's probably one of the most underrated things ever, how much humanities and the philosophical studies uh, impact you as a technical uh, knowledge worker. So, you know, right. we'll dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, and we're going to cover a whole bunch of areas, folks. So, uh, you know, let us know in the, and by the way, let us know in the comments, any questions you have for Adil. We are, for the most part, speaking about technical pro program management today. Uh, we got some shout outs here. Eniola says, hi, Dean. Uh, uh, thanks, Eniola, for tuning in. Uh, Rakesh says, hi, Dean and Adil. Thanks for tuning in, Rakesh, from YouTube. Uh, let us know in the comments, folks, and make sure you say hi to, uh, to Adil and let us know all your questions in the comments. We're going to get around to that shortly. Uh, so Adil, I mean, kind of diving into it, right? <clears throat> and and before we actually get into kind of the nuts and bolts of, of what you do and, and and your your career so far, for the viewers tuning in who might not be technical people or or not not uh, with uh, who don't have any involvement in your space, what is program management? So you know, fundamentally, it's an exercise in strategic management, relationship management, and scarcity, right? Right. One of the roles for program managers is that you have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of resources, and you want to do the whole world. So your job is to sort of instill some of that reality into the engineering teams, work with them and understand, okay, what is it that you're trying to do? What are you trying to build? And then how long is it going to take it, right? One of the most smartest uh, product managers that I worked at Google explained it to me that product managers set the direction 
of uh, a particular program or a feature. And it's the job of the project managers to tell the team how fast and how safely can they get there. Got it, right? right. So in, in a nutshell, that's what program management is to me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And, and Adilk, like, can you give a brief overview of how your career has progressed? Because you worked at some pretty awesome and really cool companies. And, and uh, also, if you can get into how did you get into actually managing, you know, these tech programs? You know, uh, I, I, I consider myself very privileged and lucky um, <laughs> okay. I've had the career that I've had. Um, there's a lot of things that happened to me just at the right time, at the right place. So, you know, I, uh, during university, I took a 16 month break to go work at BlackBerry. This is back in 2008, 2009 to do an internship as a software project coordinator within the operating systems team. And that was basically my trial by fire and what you would call like practical education. I learned how smartphones are built. My role was uh, to sit in between manufacturing uh, hardware, software, um, and uh, program management. Right. and build basically manage the manufacturing lines for the blackberry smartphones right wow. uh it was it, as an intern it, it's kind of crazy when i think about it that i got to do that but yeah, yeah. i learned everything about hardware development software development how smartphones are built and when i went back to university to finish my degree my boss called me up like a month after i went back to university and said hey how long do you have left on your degree and i said dude i've got like 16 months i've got like <laughs> yeah. three semesters left He's like, yeah. don't worry about it. We have a full-time job waiting for you. Just finish your degree and come join us when you're done. So, you know, I, I graduated in August, 2010. And, and I was literally, I wrote my exam. And 10 days later, I'm starting my full-time job. I didn't even like, you know, the traditional, like, I'm going to go to Europe for six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, I was just super excited to just get onto it. And yeah. when I went back and I told my manager, like, look, I want to focus on something besides manufacturing. So then I started working on silicon prototypes. Mm. Um, somewhere along the way, you know, the funniest thing happened. Um, it's a recruiter story, actually. When oh, I was, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in my fourth year, just finished my internship, my mom called me up very angrily saying that, hey, why are you applying at a fruit company? <laughs> and I was I was super confused. It turned out somebody from Apple, a recruiter, saw my profile on LinkedIn after I finished my internship. And they're like, look, we're expanding the iOS program office. <laughs> yeah. And you look like a good fit. But I was like, you know, when do you want me to like, when are you looking for somebody to start? And they're like, now. I was like, I have like 12 months left, dude. Yeah. He's like, you know, keep in touch. And you know, when recruiters tell you keep in touch on LinkedIn, that never like really yeah, never, never really happens. Yeah, yeah. A year and a half after I started at BlackBerry, they started doing their layoffs. This is when Apple was decimating BlackBerry. It was like, you know, BlackBerry was having a hard time. They were laying off like 50% of their workforce. Yeah. My fiance at that time pushed me to reach out to that recruiter. And I was like, that recruiter's never gonna, you know, it's been, a, it's been like almost two years. It, yeah, it's yeah. never gonna happen. Probably a dedicated recruiter like you, I kid you not, I reached out to him in the morning. I said, hey, I, I want to explore some options. And by the end of the day, another recruiter had reached out to me and said, hey, I got your profile from this other recruiter that who you got in touch with on LinkedIn. So, you know, wow. lo and behold, um, a few months later, I got the most amazing email, which said hello from Apple. And it was a technical recruiter, wanted to set up some interviews. Two and a half days of interviews. Um, I think I interviewed a total of like 23 people um, wow. from Apple. It was pretty intensive. And February of 2012, I moved to California, wrapped up everything. I immigrated again 
wow. <laughs> you know, by myself, I moved to California and I spent the next five and a half years at Apple. Then another friend from Apple pulled me into Google. And then my wife got an opportunity to come work at Nike. So I transferred to the Google Portland office and then another opportunity popped up, more senior director level position at Nike. And yeah, here yeah. I am now. Uh, it's about seven, eight months now since I've been a program director at Nike working on digital privacy. Awesome. That's that's amazing, man. I, I love that story. And I, I, I'm still laughing about, you know, what your mom said about like a fruit company. <laughs> it's it's Daisy Moms, yo. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I know. Yeah, yeah. This is this is like when I would tell people I work at Blackberry. I work at RIM, right? Research in Motion. They're like, <laughs> yeah, what is yeah. that? It's like the people who make Blackberry. Okay, I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, can can you can you I, I know you kind of said that you kind of attributed the, you know, your 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 involvement in these great companies to luck but obviously i mean you have to del- deliver and 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 you know earn that uh, earn these types of opportunities right at these companies any any uh, any tips for the viewers uh, adil who might be looking to get into great companies such as the ones you've been working so you and you worked at like you mentioned blackberry apple google yeah. nike all these well-known brands uh, any any like tips and advice for people that are trying to and these and there's huge competition probably right for these for these companies i mean what's your what's your advice like any two cents on that yeah honestly it's it's uh, i'll i'll coach steve jobs here just because you know we're in that moment you, you just got to stay hungry and foolish right you're yeah, yeah. you never stay complacent one of the things that i've constantly tried to do is focus on really big projects getting myself out of my comfort zone right um and focusing on like my early days at blackberry was focusing on building the fundamentals like you know how do we put a project plan together how do we do requirements gathering how do you communicate a you know um, bad news as well as good news to senior executives yeah. honing down your communication skills and once you once you finesse and finalize like you know really hone in on your fundamentals then and unfortunately this is the sucky part right a lot of this has to do with luck right you mm-hmm. never know when an opportunity will present to you but what you do have control over is being prepared when that opportunity comes yeah. right yeah. when the apple recruiter reached out like anytime somebody or any of these job applications or like interviews that i went for i treated each interview like a project right i did yeah. research on the company i looked up questions that typically get answered like glassdoor or things like that i wrote yeah. booklets like for nike i wow. prepared like a 30 page booklet from all sorts of questions that could potentially be asked for a project manager all sorts of questions that could be asked for a product manager right i didn't i didn't leave anything out um i i caught up on my technical skills a little bit um when i went to google i uh joined the android things team which was building an iot platform right wow. i spent a week just playing around with the arduino toolkits doing some programming playing with breadboards just to get myself familiar yeah. so that i know when i'm having a conversation with these folks and that helped me immensely because a lot of the questions were around hey have you used our product what do you yeah, think yeah. about it yeah. and i was prepared to answer that so you you just have to make sure that you focus on the fundamentals then as you build more and more on top of that try more and more bigger projects don't be afraid to ask your manager or within your own company to do different things don't worry about hopping jobs if you if you feel like you know when you're going to be stressed in your job at a particular time in the year it is time to try something new right <laughs> okay okay that's that's what happened to me at apple where i was like hey i know exactly when i'm going to be stressed out at the end like during the year 
I know when that anxiety is going to go away. I know when I'm going to deal with difficult people. And I was like, okay, I, my, my learning has plateaued. I need to go try something else. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic advice there. And, and, and obviously taking a very proactive approach as well, because I mean, th that's awesome. I, def definitely something I believe in as well. So Adil, I mean, when we chatted before, like you spoke about philosophy and how it influences you in product program management. And we used to chat about philosophy all the time back when we were in school. Uh, can you can you speak about this correlation and why would this be something others in program management should consider as well? Yeah, so I think one of the most uh, profound moments for me was when um, I took this uh, certification course at Stanford University around strategic project management, strategic advanced project management. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the, the TLDR of that uh, session was that there has been a shift in program management as a profession. A long time ago in the early days of our profession, like I'm talking about the 60s, 70s, 80s, and all the way up until the 90s, it was all about work breakdown structures. It was all about um, building project plans, MS project and things like that, Gantt charts, perk charts, requirements gatherings and things like that. And right. in the beginning, a lot of like, if you read academic materials on program management, there was a preference to hire non-technical people into the project management roles because there was a thinking that if you remove yourself from the technical aspect of things, you can bring a fresh perspective and call somewhat of a BS on the engineers a little bit. Gotcha. Um, but I think what I call or project management 2.0 now is more about strategic relationship management, right? Mm -hmm. The real power of project management comes when a company hits a particular point in their uh, workforce number or, or what we, what in the Valley we call the Dunbar number, right? 140 people right. plus communication becomes such a nightmare. I spend most of my time in meetings and this is something my wife laughs at as well. Like most of my day is like in, in between meetings, half the time negotiating between teams on priorities. Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what people I need to get into a room to resolve a particular problem, right? But this is all relationship management. And this is these are soft skills. And the only way to develop these soft skills is critical reasoning. And the only way you develop critical reasoning is by humanities and philosophy, right? You understand how the mind works. Psychology is a great subject, right? Modes of reasoning. We used to have a course in York University. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, what was the reasoning? Yeah, yeah. It was every, everybody had to take it. And yeah. there were so many things about fallacies of generalization, um, fallacies around communication that I didn't recognize that I was doing on a regular basis when I was at Apple, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody wants to do the right thing, but at the end of the day, they have their own priorities, you have your own priorities. So how do you negotiate? How do you navigate that? No matter what anybody tells you, politics will always be a, uh, a thing in any company, in any organization. How yeah. do you have good politics, right? That all comes from expanding your mind um, beyond just, you know, okay, I know JavaScript or uh, I know React, I know Flutter. That's great. That's fantastic. But do you know how to talk to engineers who are introverts? Right. Mm -hmm. Do you know how to handle personalities who don't always give you the right answer to begin with? Right. This yeah. all comes from critical reasoning. And if my suggestion, like, you know, if I was to go back to York University and they put me on the advisory board, 
I, I would revamp our entire curriculum and alongside technical, I would put and inject more of psychology and more of philosophy. Mm. Look at AI, artificial mm. intelligence. These are all philosophical conversations that we need to yeah. have of how a particular system needs to work. So that, that's why I'm like a huge fan. And you know, to, to still to this day, I read a lot of history. I read a lot right. of philosophy, any chance that I can get, less so technical books and things like that, like yeah, yeah. business strategy and things. So it's about just, you know, you don't have to go to school to do this. Pick up any book, any self-help book that you see in the Amazon business section or Barnes and Noble's business section. Yeah. It's mostly philosophy. It's philosophy of doing, doing work. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, as you mentioned, like you're, you're dealing with people, right? So, so the soft skills aspect, I mean, everything has, has some kind of a philosophy or a belief or, or something attached to it. So hundred percent, totally, totally agree with that. Uh, now Adil on, on one of your blog posts, uh, you mentioned something, I guess somewhat, I guess somewhat controversial. I don't know, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you mentioned that, and I'm quoting here, uh, agile has become the very disease it promised to cure in a very unexpected way. Uh, now, now I, I definitely advise the, the the viewers to go ahead and, and read the entire post. So I don't want you to spoil it for everyone. But can you kind of briefly touch on uh, you know that that quote that 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 quote that you mentioned? Yeah. So to understand agile, you have to understand the traditional way of doing work, right? Which is um, waterfall method. It was we planned the heck out of something. And then we went through the various phases, right? Requirements, um, then we did development, then we did testing, and then we did release. What made that more difficult was that you could not quickly respond to the changing environment around you. The point of Agile was to move towards this continuous delivery mechanism where you're constantly iterating and you're constantly rethinking what you're doing. The problem is that with Agile and then Scrum on top, and then you've got a whole variation of Agile. Fundamentally, it is about breaking large chunks of work down into smaller and smaller bits so that it's more manageable, right? And then you plan them into sprints. Then you've got a whole organizational structure like Scrum Masters and things like that, all focused on making sure that, you know, we ship these smaller and smaller chunks and we're learning things along the way. One of the problems is, is that it's not like majority of the projects will always like will be late. That's the yeah. fundamental tagline, right? And it's not because we're using waterfall versus agile versus whatever extreme agile or whatever the case is. It's a very fundamental human problem that we're inherently optimistic about the outcomes of anything that we do. Mm -hmm. And if and that, and that optimism seeps into the way Agile works. Our optimism yeah. is that if we break the project down into smaller and smaller chunks, we will be able to deliver them faster and faster. When in yeah. fact, at the heart of the problem is that we're just trying to do too much with the resources that we have. And one of the mechanisms that Agile tries to counteract this optimistic uh, optimism bias is the retrospect. Right? You do a retro after every sprint. But unfortunately, not everybody is always honest in those retros because we're afraid of voicing an opinion like this. Like, you know, hey, we're trying to do too much. Nobody uh, wants to it. be that guy in the room or that girl in the room that says, hey, we're doing too much. Like, we want to be doing more. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think Agile has sort of further accelerated that optimis optimism bias 
And that's why you see, you know, um, I, I remember the very famous saying by the co-CEO of BlackBerry, uh, Jim Balsilli. Yeah, Jim Balsilli, right? Yeah, Jim Balsilli, yeah, yeah, where yeah, he yeah. made that famous statement in a press conference that shipping bugs is just the new normal now, right? <laughs> yeah. This is back in like 2012, I think, right? And, and yeah. it's like, it's like, why, why right? And that that sort of optimism bias is what my uh, the article that I wrote or the essay that I wrote in that particular blog post was talking about. Like, how do you counteract that? How oh. agile has made that worse? And when, in fact, instead of helping us accelerate good quality software, we're shipping out more and more garbage just so that we can ship stuff out in hopes that we will learn something. When in fact, mm. the only thing we need to learn is we're trying to do too much. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So, so Adil, I mean, going from there, like, what do you, is there any kind of a solution to that? Like, what are your thoughts on on how this can be improved upon or, or fixed? Yeah, look, look, Agile still remains like a really good way of doing software development for now, right? Until something else comes along the way. So one of the things that I do when I do project planning is with each of the features or programs that I work on, as I build up my project plan, I take a moment and pause and sit down with my team and say, tell me where everything can possibly go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. when, like it, anybody who's on the call right now or watching the stream, who's a project manager or has been placed in that project management position, right? How many times do you actually take a pause and look at a project plan or a schedule and say, okay, guys, tell me what happens if we miss this milestone. Tell me what happens if we miss this milestone. What are the options if everything goes wrong and we're like six months delayed, right? Yeah. This becomes very consequential. Like I, I, I've been lucky enough that I've managed both hardware programs as well as software programs. So I am one of those rare breeds of program managers in the Valley that can translate between hardware and software and those requirements. When something slips on the hardware side, we're not talking about a day or two, we're talking about several weeks because this is, this is what it is. We're talking about things like uh, uh, PCB designs that have to be redone and things like that. It's a lot of process. Whereas on software side, yeah, it's like we can change things. It's very easy, right? So fundamentally, pause, recognize that when you have finished a project plan, make a list of everything that can go wrong. I do this. I have a risk list with each of my uh, schedules that I build of everything that can possibly go wrong with a particular milestone and what can we do to mitigate it. And this helped me immensely. And I talk about this in my um, essay of how I deployed this solution very effectively at Google when um, I was a lead program manager for Android Things and we were developing a first of its kind product for Google in partnership with Lenovo and LG and JBL. And we did go through this process and identified potential breakpoints. And we successfully mitigated those mm -hmm. breakpoints when we did hit them. And we didn't slip our schedule. Otherwise, with those kinds of issues, we would have slipped massively. And when yeah. we're talking about hardware, right? They've got store shelf space that they've bought, millions of dollars of contract money is involved. So yeah, my only advice is check your optimism bias. Don't, even, don't think about the happy path always. It is okay if you take a moment to pause and say, what can go wrong here? And what can I do? Or what can the team do to fix this? Awesome, awesome. Uh, we just have some comments here from the viewers. Uh, we got Aditya says, I can definitely state that misunderstanding about Agile has been that it is designed to do more in short time. Uh, 
In fact, Agile's fundamental focus on delivering quality products sooner. Uh, and he adds, anyone who has read W. Edwards Deming will understand this. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, um, it, it, it's one of those things where, um, oh, it is so true. You have to sort of see it in action. Um, and Agile itself is never hardcore implemented the way it is. Everybody has variations to it. Some teams yeah. would use the you know, scrum poker. Some teams would use not the scrum poker. Some teams would be like, yeah, we've got a sprint. It's great. But that's about it. Like We don't yeah, use scrum yeah. masters and things like that. So that's actually a really great con uh, comment by Aditya. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Aditya, for the comment. And, and Aditya did add one more thing. He says, out of the crisis would be a great resource to understand the fundamentals. I, I'm putting this on my reading list immediately. Awesome, awesome. So thanks for that suggestion, Aditya. Appreciate that. Uh, so Adil, I mean, uh, what are some common mistakes you have found program managers make when managing technology programs? Oh my God. The, the, so anybody who's been a project manager knows that engineers don't like us. It's because we get a bad <laughs> rep. And the right. reason why we get a bad rep is that it, it, it's not, it's not, again, it's human nature, right? One of the things that we, I don't want to call them bad project managers. I, I think the, the, the inexperienced ones, right? Or the ones who are building out their careers or the ones who don't really understand the fundamentals of project management. When something happens, and this is like, this is the thing that I've heard most from engineers at Apple, from engineers at BlackBerry, at Google. Um, the reason why they hate us or they don't like us so much is that when something is delayed the default response from project managers is what's the new eta what's when am i going to get this delivered what's the new date please don't do that if you want to fix if you want if you want to accelerate your career and earn the respect of engineers and this is what i always focus on is that whatever engineering team i work with my goal is to like meld like mesh with them like be one with the team and the way you do it is when something is delayed, when an issue arises, don't just ask how we fix this. Understand why is it that it's being delayed? What is the root cause? Take the time to sit down and have a conversation with the engineer and have him explain to you what is the problem. Only then will you have the full context and then you are in a position to say, okay, what can I do to help you? Don't ask for a date. Ask, what can I do to help you? Are we talking about needing more resources? Do we need more time? Um, is this something that we need to escalate? Okay, once you've identified your options, then you go and have those conversations and only then do you ask the question, what's the new date? Okay, okay, gotcha. Gotcha, awesome, fantastic advice. Uh, and, uh, and you know, in terms of like best practices, you know, um, from, from your perspective, and, and you've been in this space for a while, like what are some of your suggested best practices, Adil? And, and like, how do you personally stay on top of things? You know, I, I read a lot. Um, and one of the things that I read a lot is um, military history, military strategy. Interesting. One of my favorite books is by um, this American general by the name of Stanley McChrystal. And he talks about, or the title of the book is Team of Teams. And it very aptly captures the role of the project manager in today's tech world, where things are so fundamentally cross-functional that no longer can we be in silos. We're constantly working with multiple teams. 
project managers are effectively leaders without authority. So how do you manage or how do you use social capital and influence to make things happen for you, right? Some of the greatest project managers and mentors that I've had are not technical. They're just really savvy at the relationship management. Um, I also read a lot of uh, nonfiction uh, business strategy books, like business case studies, right? Um, I keep an eye on um, Hacker News or any of the big blogs like Verge and things like that. I'm constantly reading. One of the things that my uh, newsletter has forced me to do is to read more about what's happening in the tech space and in the news space. So those are some of the things that in terms of best practices, honestly, it's the critical reasoning that I continue to focus on, right? Hone those skills, learn how to ask the right questions, learn how to communicate properly and there is in a way, there is a way to do that. There's a huge amount of books um, in uh, uh, on Amazon, on Barnes and Nobles, right? Mm-hmm. Read Ernest, read Ernest Hemingway. Learn how to create short sentences, right? Read, find Twitter is a great, great guide. I follow so many people. Like tweet threads is a thing now, right? Yeah. I, I follow so many VCs and investors who are constantly writing out essays. We're in an age where we have this immense experience that is built by a vast amount of people and they want to share that and the way they're sharing it is via broadcast mechanisms, right? No right. longer, like blogs, are, blogs are still cool, but newsletters are the thing, right? Because it's just like you write it and it's broadcasted to everybody. It's in your inbox. So right. find interesting people, get, um, follow them on Twitter, uh, read, like follow journalists. It's, 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 it, do whatever you can focus on the critical reasoning read business case studies um i'm a huge fan of military history so that's what i read uh, constantly um i always have like several books sitting on my count like on my side table um the, the there's a really great uh, book i think in in the agile one where i talk about uh, grand strategy there's another article that I wrote about was uh, an essay I wrote in my blog was around hedgehogs and foxes. That comes from a military history book about the different types of personalities. Hedgehogs tend to be like, I have found my goal and I'm going to do whatever I can to get there while a fox analyzes everything around them. Mm. But they can get into paralysis, analysis paralysis and not be able to move fast enough, right? Yeah. So yeah. this has nothing to do with tech, but it's so well captures what I do on a regular basis and the personalities that I encounter. So just constantly read, constantly read. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. So we got a comment here from Siva Kumar. Uh, So Siva Kumar says, as you are a reader, could you kindly advise some articles or books which we can read to get a project manager fundamentals? Uh, Any suggestions there, Adil? Yeah, 100%. So my Bible for project management is the Mythical Men Month. Um, Go check it out. It it is written by... uh, and, and you know the the name always like it's by Fred Brooks, the Mythical Man Month. It is the thing that everybody put like reads um, uh, when you do computer science, and it is from a very old old time. But much of what he talks about is very st- much still applicable. Um, it is about. Um, Fred Brooks was one of the project managers on IBM's operating system 360, I believe. This is like way before um, Apple time. And he talks about all the problems he encountered from planning fallacies to delays in the project to 
the constant need to add resources to accelerate things and it's a fantastic book that's a great book to read um uh, i have a couple of more suggestions dean that i can share with you yeah, um sure. general stanley mccrystal team of teams it's a great primer on how to handle communications in a in a modern hyper connected world where it is no longer just silos it is a, a conglomerate of teams coming together to achieve a common purpose so it, if if i recommend two books those are the two books that i would recommend that you go pick up right now awesome fantastic fantastic so hope uh, folks for those of you watching you make sure you check out those books uh now adil you briefly mentioned uh you know investing and i know that you're you're also kind of in the vc space uh can you, can yeah. you talk a bit about that like in terms of of your you know what type of uh, i guess companies you you startups you like to invest in and stuff like that yeah so i've been trying to keep my uh portfolio quite open um I got into investing in startups around 2019 or in angel investing and most of the companies if not all I invest are pre-seed uh, companies. Okay. Um my focus is on B2B SaaS uh and um healthcare um and fintech. So that's my investment thesis and that has been my focus for quite some time. Um I've invested in um a couple so far um I'm also uh, a, a LP in a local Oregon venture fund is the name of the fund. Um a VC here I'm part of that as well for the 2019 fund. Um they have a rolling fund which renews every year but I only invested in the 2019 one. Um it, it it's it's been fun. It, it it's it's getting out of my comfort zone. Um it's a lot of money right. on the line but you know yeah, yeah. it it I I consider this a far better uh I consider this like my graduate studies education like I'm paying down my tuition <laughs> to learn. Okay. Um yeah. It, like you know, I don't know if I'll be able to get a chance to do uh Oh, I don't know if I'll be get a, able to get a chance to do my own startup, but if I can learn from founders who are doing amazing work and make some money on the side, that's not too bad. Got you. I mean, it so- sounds uh, I mean, that's that sounds like an amazing strategy, you know. I totally totally with you on that. So Adil, I mean, what, what, do, and, and as we start to kind of wrap this up, folks, uh, any of you have questions for Adil, make sure you put it in the comments. We do have a hard stop, uh, 12 PM Eastern time zone over here. Uh, so Adil, like what does the future hold? Like any expected trends, which will influence program management in the tech space? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I think the biggest trend you're going to see is, and you've noticed this over time is that tools are getting smarter and smarter um artificial intelligence is allowing us to do a lot of what if simulations and more case studies and like that kind of analysis um jira is getting smarter you know um there's a lot of tools that are building and there's this constant fear and even if you read the pmi recent studies right ai is going to play a large part of it i don't think this is something that we have to fear I think what's going to happen is that the role of a project manager is going to change fundamentally from a tactical one to a strategic one. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more uh focus on project managers who are able to work with data, who are able to analyze data. So crossing over into that business systems analyst uh realm a little bit, right? Being able to do general scripting, um Python, um SQL and things like that. Some of the smartest project managers that I saw at Apple they were they had like these custom python tools where they were pulling um bugs and ticket information and graphing them out building convergence yeah. automatically right they were working themselves out of a job automating themselves and i think that kind of skill set 
is the future of project management, right? Mm-hmm. And understanding where the technology trends are going. I think there will always be a need for project managers. As long as there's a need for engineers, there will always be a need for project managers. And that 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 gives me comfort, right? right and right. one of the things that really makes me happy, and I think I, I see uh, Shiva Kumar's question about, you know, what are some of the challenges that I've faced uh, during this whole COVID situation? Yeah. I think fundamentally this entire situation has sort of debunked the myth that project managers cannot work remotely mm-hmm. you can be successful as a remote project manager we have the tools and capabilities and the technology now to be an effective remote first organization right we have zoom we have a lot more collaborative tools so I will I, I think we will see more and more project management roles that will pop up as remote um I, and um that makes me super excited because yeah. it's it's one of those fundamental things that you know if you've been in project management as long as I have you know people are like oh you can't do it remotely and it's like no nope. covid's proving a lot of those remote myths wrong Yeah. So, yeah, those are some of the like the two trend trends I think uh, are really going to shoot up in the next 5 to 10 years. Even even shorter the way the way things are accelerating with the COVID-19 situation. Yeah, yeah, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Okay, fantastic advice. And uh, and I'll do like any any career advice or, or you know final words of wisdom for those aspiring to build a career in in you know technical program management. I think for the new grads please do not graduate without an internship or any co-op. This is I think right. if you're in computer science if you're doing program management or anything if you are an undergrad right now do not do not graduate without an internship. It it fundamentally changed my life um mm-hmm. and it's always good to have that practical experience for folks who are starting out in their career focus on the fundamentals. Um focus on risk management. How do you deal with risk? Focus on how do you uh you know analyze things my my secret weapon is that i do a lot of mind mapping right yeah. when i'm having a conversation with engineers and they're trying to you know shoot all these technical terms at me i tell them to stop and i ask them to draw me boxes right that is your superpower and don't be afraid to raise your hand in 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 the meetings and say guys i i, I need you to take a moment and can i ask a simple question right there's no such thing as stupid questions. My manager at Apple, my first one who hired me, who took a bet on me. I was I was pretty young. I was fresh out of university and when yeah. I got to Apple, most of the people around me either had MBA from Berkeley or wow. had like 20 or like 15 years of experience and I'm like a fresh scratch 22-year-old like working yeah, at yeah. Apple. Like you know like you don't imagine like it doesn't happen, right? This yeah, is where yeah. I think I got lucky in my career. She used to raise her hand and be like I don't understand this. Explain it to me like I'm an idiot, right? Mm. And that was powerful because yeah, yeah. it forced engineers to step back and not assume everybody understands whatever they're talking about. And she would poke holes very cleverly in their design. Mm. Like she she was an engineer by trade, but she would never be like I'm an engineer, I know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, she would take this very sort of higher road. Yeah, yeah. So Focus more on that. Build your critical reasoning. Build your communication skills. And then, for folks who are in the middle of their career, don't be afraid to try go try new things. If you are bored or if you think your learning has plateaued, go apply at different jobs. Find things that you want to do. Right? Don't be afraid to take that leap. And 
it's perfectly fine. Um, and you just never know when you're going to hit something that you actually like. Just never stay complacent. Never stay complacent. Awesome advice. Love, love that, Adil. Really appreciate that. Uh, so, and, and folks, for those of you watching, I have put the link for Adil's newsletter, which, which he, uh, uh, I guess, recently uh, st uh, started releasing. Uh, so, Adil, can you tell the viewers more about, uh, you know, your newsletter? What can they expect? Yeah. What kind of topics can they expect you to talk about? And, and, and what can they expect from, from you uh, if they were to subscribe? Yeah, one of the most famous things that Steve Jobs said that innovation happens at the intersection of technology and humanities, right? right? And my goal with this thing is not to just turn out same content, like here's how you build a project plan, here's how you do things. I want to I want to talk about essays that sit at that intersection of philosophy and technology mm -hmm. and talk about things like culture, um, fundamental reasons or anatomy of a project, um, things like that. So. Yeah. And the reason why I sort of named it Building Romes is because I've been I've been fortunate enough in my career there that I've built a lot of Romes at Apple. Uh, much of what I did was like 1.0 projects and things like that. So yeah. I have this vast knowledge that I want to share and I don't want to just share it as a blog post. Right? I want to write essays on it. And this is, you know, selfishly my own way of honing my writing and communication skills. So you can expect more <laughs> technology and humanities intersection type essays. I published one last night and it talks about um, a tale of two cultures. There's the Valley rallying cry, the Silicon Valley rallying cry, move fast and break things. Hmm. Much of what you see wrong in tech is because of that philosophy. Um, the problems you see on Twitter, the problems you see with Facebook, the problems you see of Amazon growing large and not recognizing that their own footprint, right? At Apple, we had a very counterintuitive culture where we were go slow to go fast, right? Take a moment to deliberately think about what we are trying to build here, right? It is okay to ship opinions. That's what we shipped. At Apple, yeah. we shipped opinions, right? And there's a great book by Ken Koshienda, who is a software engineer and designer at Apple called uh, Creative Selections. Um, I referenced that in my uh, essay from last night. Go read it. It tells you about um, how Apple built, you know, the first iPhone and the iPad and things like that. Wow. And I was lucky enough to work with a lot of those people. Um, the, the team that I joined was the original iPhone team. Um, and when I started, we were about a dozen project managers. And when I left, we were close to several dozen. So I've seen I've seen Apple's evolution under Tim Cook mm -hmm. um, and be in those executive rooms, work with folks like Craig Federighi, Eddie Q and those folks on on ongoing like you know personal basis so it's kind of fun and i want to capture some of that excitement um and hopefully essays that make sense awesome fantastic yeah and and folks i highly recommend you subscribe to the newsletter uh it's great information very informative and uh you know adil is obviously very active on it and he's released how, how uh, by the way how often do you release new uh new articles uh adil? is it is it like on a timely basis or I try to do every two weeks and in okay. between I focus on um, career advice as well. Like I, I think I don't want it to be just another section of the newsletter. I, I, yeah. I want to be able to do career advice that has helped me. Um, so one of the things I do, like uh, Google just recently announced their project management certification. I think it's super exciting um, because it's the first time any tech company has focused on. So yeah, that's what I do in between the bi-weekly releases. This is uh, what I'm shipping. 
Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. And we have some uh, feedback here from one of the viewers who says, Adil, thank you for your advices. Thanks, Dean, for hosting this incredibly valuable and free session with the most practical thought leaders. I uh, appreciate that. Unfortunately, it doesn't say the name of the person, but thanks so much for your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. it. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, so folks, subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, it's an awesome newsletter. Make sure you uh, subscribe and sign up. Uh, Adil, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate uh, all the advice and, and uh, on all the wisdom and the great knowledge you shared. Uh, definitely hope to have you maybe at some point in the future to uh, return on the show. Yeah, yeah. Always happy to talk philosophy with you, Dean. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Adil. Folks, uh, for the viewers, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, everyone, have a fantastic day. See you all. Thank you. See ya.